Welcome to Never End the Story, a rewatch podcast where we watch the movies of our childhood, along with Tepper, a grown man who's never seen them before. I'm your host, Ivan. Full disclosure, I'm not like most girls. And my name is Alistair, and I'm here to unravel the top secret mystery that is this movie. I'm Shauna, and I exist in chronological order. And I'm Tepper, and I'm really sad that the summer's almost over. This week we'll be watching Top Secret, directed by Jim Abrams and David Zucker, released in 1984. In order to ensure a proper makeup application, Peter Cushing had a life mask taken of his face. This mask remained in deep storage for over 30 years until it was used by visual effects artists during the, re- the making of Rogue One A Star Wars Story in 2016 to assist them in generating a CGI motion capture duplication of Cushing's facial features in the role of Governor Tarkin. Damn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shit. That is a fact. Yep. I don't exactly know how that affects his makeup application, That I, but I haven't seen this movie, so... You'll find out. Alistair brought this movie to us this week. Why? Well, I've always loved the Zucker Brothers. Uh, just a quick aside, they did stuff like Airplane and uh, the Naked Gun movies. And uh, this is kind of a weird one because a lot of people know those movies, but a lot of people have never seen this one. It seemed to have just kind of disappeared. And I think it's one of their best. So I'm just trying to get the word out there about this movie to people who may have liked the other ones. Yeah. Uh, does anyone else here have a personal connection to this film? Um, I watched it as a kid. I watched it in high school with my friends at a sleepover, and uh, we had a good time. Like, yeah, it it's it's real fun. I don't want to give away too much. Yeah, explaining this movie is giving is basically giving it away. That's how like great it is. It just needs to kind of be experienced. Yeah, like I grew up on a lot of my dad's humor, which was like airplane naked gun mel brooks movies but i had never heard of this and a lot of the rest of our uh the uh, members of never in the story haven't heard of it either so should be fun we're now showing tepper the poster for the movie please describe the poster and tell us what you think happens in the movie uh okay at the top in black just says shh uh, and then in red, top secret. And then this is where the poster gets, um, fun. <laughs> uh, there's a cow in, uh, rain boots. Muddy rain boots. Yeah. And then below that it says, it just says, from the makers of the original airplane. Yep. Not, not the Wright brothers in, uh... <laughs> I attribute that poster to a large part of the reason why this movie didn't get much attention. <laughs> There's nothing else on this poster. It's yeah, right. yeah, this poster. It's kind of bad marketing, honestly. Yeah, and like it doesn't even say an actor's name. Like, I mean, like it probably does in the lower credits, but not at the top, like you would normally see in a because like airplane, you see an airplane tied up in a knot, and it says Leslie Nielsen on top. You're like, okay. I know what I know what I'm expecting more or less. Yep. 
So, Tepper, what do you think is going to happen in this movie? Well, obviously the cow is the main character. Uh, he's going to go through um, a story of uh, self-discovery as it uh, travels through the American heartlands with muddy rain boots uh, that were its parents. Um, and many laughs and, and tears will be shed along the way. The rain boots were owned by its parents or the rain boots are its parents? Are its parents. All right. Well, having not seen the movie, I can confidently say you nailed the A plot. Yep. That's about what you would, how you could, what you would build out of something that basic and useless as that poster is. There are some other posters with a little bit more information, but the connecting line is cows and rain boots. So clearly you nailed it. (laughs) That is their focus. Yes. Yeah. All right. We'll see you after the film. If everybody had a 12 and a And we're back. So, what did everyone think? That was a pretty solid movie. Um, you know, obviously makers of airplanes so this to an extent it was exactly what i expected in terms of humor it wasn't like mind-blowing for me or anything but uh it was it was a very solid uh, comedy i gotta say their their visual humor is just always a plus yep um the movie kind of had me sold with the opening of like the tune of uh pretty sure it's surfing in the usa but like ski, like skeet shooting. Did you notice yeah. that the or the top three, uh, singles of that chart were all his songs, and they all had something to do with skeet shooting? Like the yeah. last one was yeah, "My yeah. Skeetin' Heart." Yeah, I saw that. I was like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" Um, yeah. It just like the whole the visual thing of them actually surfing and skeet shooting, <laughs> yeah, and nearly killing a bunch of people. Uh. Yeah, like that was really good. Um, just like a bunch of like like uh, a couple of the other scenes that stick out to me is like, well, I mean, there's the whole thing with like the dude who got car compacted. Yeah, yeah. that was <laughs> that just sh- that's Omar Sharif, by the way, a Oscar winning dramatic actor. <laughs> oh wow, who's in a ludicrous movie, just like Leslie Nielsen. You know, yeah, like, I, about I did not. I didn't crap. expect to. I did not expect that scene. That was very yeah, good. The, the compacted scene. Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, okay, like it doesn't show him escaping, but like I'm like I'm sure like he's gonna show up again. And then I was like, oh wow, I did not expect this, but this was good. <laughs> and also the, the his uh, his attempted prison escape is very good too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He goes into one grate, comes out another, it zooms out, you see a whole bunch of other grates, and you think he's gonna come out of one of them, and he comes out the fucking cabinet. Yep. <laughs> then out of the toilet. Uh, oh, it's good. Yeah, like, there's, um, another one I liked was the, uh, fucking when he walks into the Resistance headquarters, and there's just the fucking cannon that they light up. Yeah. And yep. he's going through them. Well, again. And the guy with the civil wear. Yeah, oh yeah, that was so just good. Threatening just threatening him with a with a silver ladle. 
Yeah. Well, and then what I even liked even more about that was like it was like they could have done that cannon as like a one-off gag, yeah. and then they brought it back for the fight scene. I was like, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, chocolate mousse was great. He just always had a machine gun, and he fucking loaded it like a bayonet. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I liked, uh, like, all his scenes were so good. Like, the, uh, he t- like, he does, like, the machine gunning in the headquarters. Sometimes it somehow misses all the Resistance members, kills all the the Germans. Well, and just this, this other African-American man just walks through and gives him a high five. Yeah, well, I, oh the the cricket thing or whatever the yeah where he just he just hits it with a mallet. And at one point he doesn't have his machine gun. Enemies arrive. He just holds his hand out. Someone passes him a machine gun off screen. Yeah, not yeah. one of the established characters who are also on screen. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And like, uh, I probably uh, early on one of the great visual gags is like. East Germans wearing Nazi uniforms fighting with like American weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like M1 M1 Grands and shit like that in addition to using World War II era weapons when it's like it's East Germany post wall. Yeah, yeah they they, just... they smash a bunch of European history together to make it kind of like weird and fantastic. Yeah, honestly, I thought this was like a World War II movie initially and then just like uh, we're passing into East Germany now, and I'm like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, the gag with the uh, f- him painting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, so, and then later on, like, the train station chugs away. Yeah, that's, yeah, what, tra- that's <laughs> what I wanted to bring up, is, like, the thing that they're really good at is developing, like gags that require a little bit of film knowledge to like fully understand or not understand, but like find like pinnacle funny that train car leaving being one of them. Cause it's a forced perspective. My other favorite one is the forced perspective when the general goes to answer the foreign phone in the foreground yeah. and he walks up and it's a big phone. Yeah. And it's like weird, goofy stuff like that, that just, but then at the same time, the reason why this film I want, this is why, I th- this is the main point of the thrust of the reason why I wonder why people haven't heard of this film when they've heard of like the other films. And I understand that, you know, some of the jokes don't land at times and stuff like that. But like, there's two sp- particular scenes that are just like technically impressive, right? The first one is the Swedish Sven bookstore. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually because, a really good one. Yeah, because the way they did that is they filmed it in reverse speaking their lines forward and then reverse the tape. So it sounded like they were speaking in a foreign language and going backwards or going forwards instead of backwards. Yeah. And it's just like really impressive technically when you think about it. And then the underwater fight scene, obviously that just keeps getting longer and longer and longer. (laughs) Like, I love how elaborate. Cause like initially it's like, okay, they went into the water. They're fighting underwater. All right. And then just a whole elaborate sequence with the saloon and, it and keeps, everything. It keeps building because first there's a chair. They're like, oh, haha, there's just a chair to smash. But then there's a bar. There's, there's cowboys a playing gun. poker. Uh, a bartender. There's a window. Yeah. yeah, the bartender just smashing the bottle over yeah. over his head. Yeah, that was, uh, that was beautiful. Like, <laughs> uh, also, uh, I would say like, 
This movie's funny, although some of the jokes are quite dated now. Um, two in particular come to mind of, like, I'm sure there's a lot of people who, if they watched it today, wouldn't really know about that. Like, the uh, the Pinto joke. Yeah, the Pinto joke is one that uh, everyone I've shown this movie to knows, but is one of those, yeah, weird ones that most people probably yeah. wouldn't know now. Yeah, I don't think I picked up on that one. It's yeah, there was this car in the 1970s called the Ford Pinto and it had a really horrifically designed uh, fuel tank that was right on the back bumper. So if you ran into it, even in the slightest, like rear ended it, it just burst into flames. Ah. So they're just making a mock of that um, whole scandal that happened then. The other one being the um, Montgomery Ward mailing list. Not many people are going to know what that is. Like, even I'm not 100% sure. I think it's a mail order catalog. Yeah, that one I didn't pick up on. Yeah, like, I w- it was, right. like, just, like, mailing list. Me, it, was, it was obvious enough what the intent of the joke was. But, yeah, it was obviously not one that had any cultural relevance to me. So Yeah, and, and one thing, like, a more, like, sneaky joke, I guess, is... Hillary's character um the funny thing is like you would only really know this if you either looked it up or knew the language but whenever Hillary responds in what you think is German to anybody in the film she's actually speaking Yiddish and saying something like really insulting and it's kind of like a joke about resistance is like you know she's actually speaking a German Jewish German language it's like, cause Yiddish is like a, a, a Jewish language based on German. And then, so like, I can't remember what some of them are, but they're all really funny. Like you're a swine or, you know, weird, like things like that, like just insults, um, yep. that you wouldn't know unless you had the language, which is clever. And they do little like weird things, like little weird gags that they add to visual things that they add that just like, I was watching it. And every once in a while, you just like shake your head and put your head, your hand in your head in your hand for a bit. Like when the guy looks, when the resistance member looks at his watch and then he looks and he turns back and his watch is like massive <laughs> on his wrist. Yeah. You know, like they're just goofy things like that. Or the general getting up from his desk and his feet don't come with him. Yeah. Vi- little visual things like that that are just like, you just don't expect them. Yeah. Sudden, or like, bam. like the opening one with the, uh, the, the German messenger or officer, he takes off his helmet, but his helmet strap stays on his chin. Yeah. <laughs> they're and really the motorcycles funny. as horses. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that that, hilarious. And like every once in a while, this is where like, I lose some people when I show them this movie because every once in a while they break into like surreal humor. Like when that one resistance member pushes the German sh- soldier off the parapet and he falls and breaks like porcelain. Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of people are like, "That's not funny," and I'm like, "Well, it is if you consider it in an absurdist way." Yeah. Like, like a da da way, like silly for the like bizarre for the sake of bizarre. But... When he uh, checks in uh, or tags in Chocolate Moose for the boxing match, yeah. that was really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. I like because he's choking the German guard. Another guard turns, sees it, turns away. Like you could, like, why is he not helping? And he cuts back. No, the guard got the upper hand and is choking him back. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, all the little nods, like, the goofy little things, like, when they're having the firefight at the house, they break every single window yeah. pane with their there, guns. Yeah. There is so many window pane gags in that, like, there's, like, seven unique ones. There's more yeah. window p- jokes than there are windows in that house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's the fantastic. Tic, the tic-tac-toe game. 
Yeah. <laughs> the window that won't break. The window that's yeah. everything broken except one, so he breaks the one remaining. It's just... It's just like they they have these little little nuances to the film that you have to like watch the film a couple of times to like catch the little jokes within the jokes or the fact that they have they had this um let's say motto I guess the uh the brothers that wrote and directed this the Zuckers who basically said like if if ex if boring exposition is happening in the foreground something silly should be happening in the background and there never there's never there should never be an instance where silly things are happening in both fore and background and you see that a lot in this one like when he's getting like when he's getting the suit yeah. that's something that might fall on people fall deaf on some people because if you walk into a really fancy restaurant like that they they have they have like blazers in the back and ties they will give you to like to have for the night so that you can be in a jacket but the joke is that he's getting a full tux being like fitted to him but like and i don't mean to explain the joke but it's just the whole point of like the foreground having serious business and the background having this gag and they do it a couple of times it's really funny it's very interesting because it forces you to really pay attention to the movie because normally you just pay attention to the foreground you ignore the background but here, I have to be hyper vigilant because if nothing's funny happening in the foreground, I have to look in the background. Like, okay, where's the joke? What's happening? What's yep. funny here? Yep, and it's it's always little things or very obvious things. Like that's what's funny about it. I like I, I bring up a couple of people that have also sort of talked about this movie, and I like how they kind of bring up like uh, how s- almost brain dead simple the comedy is to the point where you laugh once at it because you found it funny and then you laugh again at yourself for finding it funny like i think the prime example of that is when they're escaping out the back and they're like oh you know oh the motorcycles yeah yeah like as you mentioned before (laughs) right and it's like so absurd and so stupid and like why would you laugh at that but you laugh at it because it's so absurd and then you think to yourself well that's absurd and then laugh at the fact that you laughed at it and i don't know i like that about the comedy is that it's not trying to be smart mm-hmm. it's just trying to get a laugh in any way it can and sometimes it doesn't that's the thing right <laughs> that's the one thing i would fault this movie for having for sure is that like every once in a while you're like okay that was just a stupid blind man joke or that was a get like you know that was like a you know hog balls joke or you know but the, the all the little German jokes, like Der Fensen switching, yeah, and stuff like that, which is just like so goofy because it's a joke about that. That's just ugh. yes, I know a little German. He's right He's, over there. Yeah. That's that's a friend of my that's my friend of mine's favorite joke. He he quotes as such the saying as such. So that actually, my dad has quoted that joke many many times. And yeah. so when it came up in this movie, I'm like, all right. So he has clearly seen this and then hid it from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the one that made me roll my eyes was when he turned the mine on. And he just pulls a like submarine. Yeah, the submarine, like, yeah. And you're like, okay, that's just so unbelievable. That is so over the top absurd. Just absolutely absurd. But then the best part was when they like hands up and then the guy gets yeah. in the submarine puts his hands up. <laughs> Uh, oh man, and the cow sequence. So I guess it was it was big enough to be the thing they put on the poster. Actually, like the cow, the cow sequence was amazing. It is yeah. really good, but that's the funny thing for me is that I've never considered it to be like 
the staple bit of that movie. I agree. Like, I always see the resistance side of it, like the French resistance in the East Germany, like the goofy crap like that. Vi- I've seen that to Vivi be more France. Yeah, and I've seen that as more like what you would expect them to focus on in the advertising, not the fact that two of the resistance members, you know, waddle around in a cow suit and it's or, and it's kind of funny for a bit and has some like yeah. really really off color humor in it that's like that's where some of it didn't land for me where you're like, well, that's, that's not funny. And you just like some stuff deflates there, but like, and that's why I'm always so funny that they made yeah. it the, ma- the marketed part. Yeah. Like I feel like they almost should have gone more for like a American musical, like rock star goes to goes and visits East Germany. Hilarity ensues. Like yeah, would have been and, like a better angle on that. And that's why when you look up, when you look up like the front, co- like the, the poster for this movie on like, youtube or google we know whatever service you're looking at it's a bunch of cows on a field all smattered around and then just val kilmer dancing on the front and it just says top secret because like they don't know how to market this movie apparently yeah doing a very (laughs) uh a very kind of like elvis presley dance move yeah like even in modern day what they couldn't make like an old traditional uh they couldn't find an animator who's good at making like those old school, like uh, golden age Hollywood posters that are illustrated and just make that, just say, Hey man, just like take some really goofy parts of this, of top secret and just like illustrate a poster for it. So we can put slap it on some DVDs or whatever. Like how hard is it to do that for yeah. a movie that they put a lot of effort into? Yeah. Cause like the cow sequence was funny, but yeah. like, I absolutely agree with you where I go, like, it's not, it's not like the core of this movie or like the best joke in this movie even. Yeah. It's almost like one of the Zucker brothers was really proud of it for whatever reason and just like demanded that it be in the forefront when it wasn't really that funny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think whoever they whoever they gave the job to make the movie poster to just kind of like put it off and like didn't watch the movie. Yeah. Because yeah, like, like, uh, like it uh, was a funny sequence. It just wasn't that long and it wasn't like that that funny so like uh on the poster the title top secret is in the kind of like red stamp uh ink and then like in the opening scenes of the movie when the when the general stamps a piece of paper with find him and kill him i was really hoping there would be more incredibly specific stamps throughout the movie <laughs> oh yeah that yeah. would be so good it's too bad they didn't utilize that gag a bit more because like like two more times throughout the movie where they utilize that would have kind of been that like you know trifecta of comedy and it might have been pretty funny especially for like the third time he just like stamps it's like what are you doing tonight or something yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. exactly (laughs) but yeah they have like that's the thing like as like tepper and i both come from a history background so like when you watch it for the first time you're like your brain's kind of frying a bit because like you're looking at like world war ii era wehrmacht holding yeah like you know between the 30s and 50s era american rifles talking about east germany yeah like that was because like and you're blinking weird because you're like that was the soviet side of like and then they talk about the soviets and you're like okay so they exist in the world and they're allies to east germany but and you're twitching because you're like because i know it was like supposed to be considered autonomous 
but it really wasn't autonomous. So, you know, but like, it's, I just like how I I won't digress into that, but it's just, it's just funny how the history is being perverted in a way that it makes it almost feel like a fantasy world. So like all that humor can just exist because it doesn't exist in reality almost. Well, and it's also like, it's a funny bait and switch at the beginning because they go like, this looks like a World War II movie. And then they go like, no, actually it's East Germany. It's like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. And they have like, you know, childish humor in it too. All of a sudden, like that whole opera sequence is pretty funny, but it's also kind of childish. You know, they all have erections and stuff like that. Like it's, it's funny on a very base level, but then after about three minutes of it, you're like, ha ha ha. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah. yeah i enjoy i enjoyed the musical sequences in this movie yeah see that's that's what i was interested to hear from you because like some people i've shown this to have been like i don't really like the music because there's not much it's funny they don't they don't treat the music with much humor except like at the beginning obviously with the skeet yeah. shooting thing but all the ones with val kilmer like singing diegetic well diegetically and not diegetically i guess within the scenes they kind of played off almost straight and yeah, there's they're not yeah. very many visual gags in the song so it's just it's more like the joke is like how he's playing the song uh with a different lyrics and it, his his know. his last song there's a lot of visual gags at oh, the, yeah, at that's the true. dos yeah. pizza yeah, house yeah that, yeah that one definitely has the most but like uh, but yeah they are uh, definitely fewer and far between in the yeah, and that, oh, yeah, that's another foreground background one right because they're all trying to pull the cheese apart off the pizza in the background and they're like pulling it all the way off yeah screen. well that's be, that's before the, that's before the song though because like yeah. during the song it's all the rug gags and uh, yeah. and then like yeah. and then there's the men like swinging the women around by their single yeah. arm <laughs> oh right 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 yes of course um but yeah uh val kilmer did all of his own singing for this Oh, wow. Yeah, it's also, there's two interesting things about it. One, it's Val Kilmer's first film. And then it's also, uh, oh man, uh, uh, Peter Cushing is his name, right? Uh, Admiral Tarkin? Yeah. Yeah. It's his last film before he passed on. As it was mentioned, as was mentioned in the, like sort of attached to the beginning of the podcast. It's like, it was actually like the last thing he was in. So it's kind of, um... I think it's a nice send off for him because I think that scene is a marvel, <laughs> you know? Uh, so it's cool. Yeah. But at the same time, kind of sad, but it, you know, there it is. Every, you know, every actor has his, his or her last film. Right. So it looks like there might've been a couple things that were released after top secret, but they may have been in production around the same time. No. Oh, That's okay. Just what yeah. IMDb well, potentially. Yes. Potentially for sure. Anyways, we'll go yeah. into it. Yeah, like I really like, yeah, I really like the first uh, musical sequence in East Germany, where all of a sudden the band has guitars. Yeah, and like, <laughs> I really like to assume that the sheet music he uh, he handed all of them just like explicitly told them how to how to like rock out, and like just like it's just like at this point you smash your guitar. <laughs> I want. I hope it was just very detailed sheet music. Yeah, and I like how he, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he just said some like j- like musical jargon. Like <laughs> I can't even remember what it was, but he's like don't be, you know, slimy on whatever, but it was just like as like musicians just it just sounded so funny to me cuz it was like it doesn't sound like it means anything. <laughs> and the whole misunderstanding that leads to him being 
pissing off the general. Oh man, and I just there was one gag that I found incredibly weird. It was the 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 anal destroyer. (laughs) The anal invader. That's it. The anal invader. He just hands his manager the sex toy that he had with him in prison. Yeah. Here, this will help your wife get an orgasm. And he's just assembling it in front of well, him. And then, the you, and then uses thing. it for himself. Yeah, but like right. it's a gi- it looks like a giant future ray gun with a toy fist attached on the end. <laughs> it's, and it's, just... it's all in service to set up how the manager gets out of the movie so that Val Kilmer's character is on his own. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's the setup to how they get rid of that character. <laughs> I even talked to the UN. I still can't bring my wife to work. Yes, uh, well, that's too bad, man. I was like, have you ever tried? Have you ever tried an anal invader? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and then they like the other joke was, it's like, don't worry, it happens to a lot of guys the first time and everything. And it just turns out she's reading from the book. She's like, can you believe they published this trash? Yeah. <laughs> Rice or like reads this trash. Cause like when he just he plays the jingle he wrote for the for the department store he was raised in, and then they start they start uh, making out and crush a guitar, and then it, the camera pans away to to a fireplace, and they roll into shot so it pans away to another fireplace, <laughs> or the or the fireplace while they're parachuting. Yeah, and I like I like that specific parachuting scene. I like because that's a Zucker Brothers thing to do. Is like have very cliched exposition scenes take place in really bizarre locations. Yeah, I love that their parachutes move them as if they're walking around. Yeah, it, like it's 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 even it's even blocked. Like you would have a scene like that, like you know her her facing in and then facing out and then and it's yeah and then they move like they're just in a room. Yeah, well, like, because he, he just, he, he parachutes past her, and then she calls to him, and he comes back up. <laughs> it's so silly. And, I don't know, some people just, I guess they, they might get overwhelmed by how... Because the thing about it is, it's a spoof movie, right? Like, what we would consider spoof movies today are seen really poorly, right? Like, epic movie, date movie, the scary movies... But the spoof movies of the 80s were not so much spoofs of other popular culture. It was more like spoofs of themes. Right? Yeah. So yeah. it makes it so it's a little bit more universal, a little bit easier to to consume. Um and top secret, I guess, is I don't know, maybe they really liked like resistance films. So they they wanted to make like a resistance film. I don't know. But I just feel like it it does a really good job of being a parody of theme and tone or, yeah. or like in location or whatever. It's just funny that funny for that reason. Yeah, I was laughing pretty consistently throughout it, uh, especially whenever there was a visual gag. Like those are just they yeah. just land but- so well. Do do you see what I mean when I when I say that like some of the some of the jokes aren't like they don't land but you you're not really given enough time to really dwell on the fact that it didn't land because you're just like oh we're on to the next one like the the thing that the one that I call back to is when they're marching Val Kilmer's character out 
to the electric chair and he's just mumbling a bunch of like nonsense uh latin yeah and while you're processing how stupid it is that he's saying like you know etc and whatever it cuts to another scene where the blonde or the blind guy runs into a pillar and you're like some people would find that funny i was like oh that's dumb but by the but by the time that's already passed you're already on to whatever's happening after that and you're not given enough time to be like that was a dumb joke you just kind of move on or at least i feel i do and it's almost a i like that about it because like it just lets it, it sometimes it lets you breathe on the joke and sometimes it doesn't it just keeps going yeah yeah like especially that scene with um at the beginning with um omar sharif's character where he's talking to his contact who's the gag salesman that just felt like they were yeah. playing through a lot of like old school gags to like get the exposition through and then move on yeah yeah it was uh it was a fun movie like i um like it, it got like a how did i say it? like it got laughs out of me i never like died laughing like it never really hit me like super hard where i'm just like this is absolutely incredible um but it was like a really solid just enjoyable to watch movie how would you Um, compare it to like airplane and also when did you first see airplane is also worthwhile i watched i watched i watched airplane with uh you and shauna i'm pretty sure okay i'm pretty sure we watched it together um and uh i think i like airplane more like this one was pretty good yeah i'd have to watch airplane again to like say for sure yeah, yeah. i was just kind of curious where you like because you're yeah. cause you're saying like you enjoyed this but it wasn't like amazing but i'm curious how that compares to airplane but yeah i i, I liked airplane more um this one was good but uh I feel like like I'm mixed on it because uh, on one hand, the rapid fire jokes can are pretty good at points, but on the other hand, I would have almost enjoyed it more if they let a couple jokes have a bit more time, get a chance to like breathe a bit more. Um, like at points, it was just like joke, 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 joke. Are you laughing yet? Joke more jokes. Are you laughing yet? Come on, laugh more. And it's like, uh, you know, like a little slower might have been, might have been good. And like, I enjoyed most of the jokes, but like, yeah, like sometimes, like the porcelain soldier joke was like, that's like, all right. But I I preferred it when it was a little bit more um, grounded, the humor. Like the surrealist stuff was like, all right, but definitely for me, at least it wasn't as good as the like more grounded jokes. Yeah, I feel like those I feel like those jokes are where I kind of appreciate the movie a bit more because I feel like this was their first attempt to like try to be a little bit more creative and ambitious with the way they did their jokes. And because of that, some of them are really like surreal, but they don't really land because, as you say, they're not really grounded in reality. And that's why I think Airplane's great because a lot of Airplane is really like goofy, but it's kind of still most of the stuff is grounded. So you you kind of just go haha, yeah. you know. But with yeah, yeah, it, you, you like as I say, the submarine joke is like it's a little bit ridiculous. He's like, oh no, you turned it on, sub. 
And you're just like, yeah, the only what? the only thing that saved the submarine joke really for me was the guy getting out of the top to yeah. put his hands up, because yeah, it's um, because like the the issue is is like without a little bit of grounding in comedy, I find it just turns into like haha XD so random. Am I right, guys? Um, which isn't really that funny for me. And like you know, like again, like in this movie, they they didn't use the surreal's jokes like too too often. And, like, I'm trying to think, like, maybe the worst one was the porcelain soldier one that I can think of. And even that was just kind of like a, eh, and, like, move on. Like, it was never in, like, it was never really an active detriment to the movie itself, yeah. those jokes. So I could generally give them a pass for just, like, yeah, you know, like, they weren't my favorite, but, like, you know, good on them for trying. Yeah, and it's and it's funny, too, because where it landed for me is more like the surrealist like this sounds really silly to say out loud but like the boot humor like him at his desk and he gets up and his boots are still at the desk or like oh, when they're yeah, yeah. when they're crawling through the ground and he like sees the boots and he looks up and they're empty and he goes oh like it's just so ridiculous that why are there two pairs of boots just sitting there and then I, you I think love that gag yeah exactly but like it's one of those gags where the first thing your first thought is oh my god that's hilarious and then your second thought is why did i find that funny it's well, so stupid. I found it like, I don't think subversive is the right word, but like typically when that happens, you know, the camera pans up and like, oh no, there's an enemy here. And it's just, I remember first time watching it, seeing the boot and that it was just a pair of boots. That was the funniest shit. Like I thought there was going to be an enemy yeah, there. Like it is, it is subversion of, yeah. of expectations. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's why I just love that gay. Which, yeah. yeah, there's lots of that, which it's very good. Yeah, uh, I, I put that boot gag on, on par with the, the train gag where the station goes away instead of the train. Yeah, for sure. I was gonna, Yeah, I was going to say, like, um, you know, this episode will probably end up a little shorter than our normal ones, but really, like, this movie's just kind of solid all around. Like, there's not, there's not any... It, a lot of this movie is, is, like, you will... Mileage may vary based on your sense of humor... Uh, and if you like this kind of, like, if you like Airplane, you'll probably like this movie. If you like kind of this era of comedy, you'll probably like this movie. Whereas if you don't, like, you probably won't like this movie. Uh, and, like, really, like, like across the board, it's a very competently made movie. Like, it's well shot, sounds great, musical sections are good, um, lots of jokes, like the plotting was fun. Like the overall plot was good. Um, yeah, like like I don't really have anything super strong to say about it, but I also don't have anything personally like really negative to say about it either. I just remembered the the city street scene with all the mice cr- uh, crawling through it. That's right. Oh yeah, it's very cute. <laughs> or like the Pac Man gag, because like that would have been yeah. pretty relevant back. Th- like that would have been pretty. Well, 84. And yeah, like, yeah, 84. You know. That's the most recognizable uh, video game character at the time, I'm sure. Yep. Yeah, they just it, it it does it does a lot of it does a lot of good. I can under I can kind of understand from like from hearing everyone's kind of thoughts on. I can kind of understand how that movie kind of didn't really land with general audiences as much as their other works may have, but. Yeah, I, I think, like, the thing with, like, 
and and I have to watch Airplane, and I have to watch like Naked Gun to really say for sure. But uh, Airplane feels almost a bit like tighter, if you understand what I mean. Like like better kind of quality control for each individual joke. Yeah, and... well, like I think they're they're. It's also just like they're more contained, and also contained in something that the general audience is going to have a better experience with. Like the yes. airplane. It is entirely on an airplane or the terminal. And then, like, Naked Gun, it is just, it's a modern city in the U.S. And it's a cop drama. Like, those are very accessible to to the general audience. Whereas, yeah, a lot of, like, most of the history-related jokes went over my head. And, like, I have a passing interest in military history but like so like i but i missed almost all of those yeah i didn't pick up on anything i thought this was world war ii germany <laughs> oh no yeah no it's yeah it's, it's a series I mean, didn't of you really didn't you see things. didn't you see the hitler clock in the in the das pizza house yeah well it's this weird it, fe- it feels like yeah. this weird existence where they didn't they he didn't lose the war but yeah it's weird it's really weird it's bizarre. work out like goring what was that book Oh, that like oh. book of the Nazi leader, and it's like work out like him, and he's just like doing a pose on the cover. Uh, oh but, yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. What better do up temperance tops? Nice. Yeah. So here we are. The movie of the hour. All right. Uh, this one I think will go. Put it in the number fourteen slot. Number 14, Knocking Out the Running Man, and just below Dragonheart. Oh, Running Man. Basically the same movie as Dragonheart. Yeah. Basically the same. Cool. So yeah, number 14 slot. What about our villain? Right now I have it listed as Misplaced Nazis, similar to our Mischief Nazis taking up the bottom slot. (laughs) Yeah, there is no real, like, established villain, is there? No, it's just the the yeah. East German government, or at yeah. least military, and the traitor. Oh True. yeah, the tra- I guess they've yeah they shoehorn like a, a a an individual enemy right at the end there. His introduction, where he is still dressed as if he was on the island, <laughs> yeah, and then she just starts measuring his muscles and uh, other and muscles o- and other muscles. The more I scream, the more excited they got. They took advantage of me. Oh no. That's terrible. I like the look on his face. She's <laughs> hugging him. That was pretty good. I did like their portrayal of sex. <laughs> Just yeah. Oh, yeah. too many limbs for two people to have. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just kind of making a mockery of how the, you know, the sixties and seventies handled nudity. And I guess even to modern times in a lot of cases. Uh, yeah, so misplaced Nazis slash East German government. Put them... Um, I think put them in the uh, second last slot. Ooh, so knocking out mischief Nazis right below the petitriarchy yeah. from Thumbelina. Yeah, like, they just, there wasn't really anything special about them. They were just kind of like a passive threat for most of the movie. Hot hot uh, takes from Teppers. 
He's not a fan of Nazis. <laughs> the hottest take. Bottom spot on both from both movies so far with Nazis. These Nazis are lame. Where's where's all of the much more heinous war crimes? Yeah. Uh, older science physicist dad. Yeah, so we do in fact have a business dad. The uh, father of. Oh damn it! What was her name? Hillary. Hillary. I was gonna say Heather. I'm like that's wrong. Yeah, I think put him in the number three slot. Ooh, very very business. Uh oh no sorry a uh, uh, last uh, uh, three slot. very sorry. dad. That's, yeah yeah sorry. that's fair. The all the business he does is to have his daughter not be killed. Exactly. That's why I'm so below Lady Business Dad from Warriors of Virtue and knocking out Fairy Business Dads from Thumbelina. Yes, yes. Yeah, that seems fair. He does good business, but for the benefit for of gun, at least yeah. his ch- child, if not the world. Yeah, because like he wasn't willing to leave unless she was safe. So like, very dad. And to never end the glory, I think we probably had Nick Rivers, right? I think he fits pretty well. Yeah, and I mean, think of just think of the army of of his adoring fangirls armed with with uh, surfboards and and, and ski shooters. Yep. <laughs> if you don't have a twelve gauge, you ain't nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the opening line of that song. Just, uh, surfboards and tw- if we all had surfboards and 12 gauges nice and, that, and with that we complete another roster for never end the glory how very exciting we have ourselves luke from the witches cody banks from agent cody banks to destination london hogarth hughes from the iron giant rita escobar from wild wild west schmedrick bracket molly from oh less unicorn right yeah and then child jb and kg from tenacious d and bring up the end is nick rivers it's, it's interesting we've got a lot of actual children and then at the end of the list we start getting i mean we still have some children but we also just like end with a musical note from the last two movies yeah that's pretty cool just a bunch of musicians it's gonna be a wild fight unicorns and giant death robots that don't want to be guns <laughs> sorry but you need to be a gun auto wins fight. <laughs> uh but yeah no very very exciting it'll stuff. be interesting to see because like like hogarth is pretty willing to accept what iron giant wants to be we'll see if it's enough for him to accept in the face of death uh, and if there's nothing else, I guess we'll go ahead and rate the movie. I give Top Secret two boot gags out of a possible four bizarre Nazis. You stole mine. I was gonna do a boot rating too. <laughs> you still can. There was there was three instances of boot gags in the movie. Yeah, but he said he just said boot gag. That's all the boot gag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I give this movie one train out of a leaving station. Cool. <laughs> what do you got, Mr. Hotshot? <laughs> with your fancy rating. If everybody had a 12 gauge with a surfboard too, you see him shooting and surfing from here to Malibu. I give this movie everybody with a 12 gauge out of 12 gauges. Okay, that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, I give this movie a vest full of cutlery out of a room full of guns. <laughs> and as always, I've been your host, Ivan. I'm Alistair. I'm Shauna. I'm Tepper. Uh, and a special thanks to 8 Bit Jazz for the use of our theme song. You can find them on YouTube or follow the link in the description. <laughs> <laughs>